Welcome to the GMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Here we are. It's Christmas. It's a great day. I hope nothing for the best for you all out there. Hopefully you got some uh, some great gifts. And I hope you guys have some quality time. And if you haven't, it's going to be okay, man. It really is. Or woman. Uh, holidays is always tough. It's always tough. And uh, I sincerely, in a non-bullshit way... Hope for the best for you guys. I hope things get better for those who are feeling down on Christmas Day. You may feel like you're alone. You may feel like you're not with the right people. But you are here nonetheless. And everything is temporary. I have no idea why I had to do some, you know, positive therapy thing there. But I I just want you to know, if you're listening in, uh, it's somewhere deep inside of me. I actually do give a shit. And I I hope, you, you know, everything comes well. But for those who are having a good time on Christmas, well, good job. Keep going at it, whatever it is you're doing. And uh, today we have a special guest because she is a friend of mine. She is Jane Ruby. She is a great artist here from San Jose. And she does something very peculiar, which is a thing called zines. And uh, she really introduced to me to what this really was. Because, uh, you know, for those who are listening in, you know that usually... when it comes to artists, I don't know what the fuck, you know, whatever it is is going on in the art world. So I'm continually trying to learn. I'm trying to develop, all right, what is the latest things that are happening right now in modern art? And not only that, what is happening here locally? So it's great to have Jane Ruby here on this podcast. She's such a sweet gal. Oh, my God. I mean, from the first time we met, which was a while back, we met during a, um, I think it was an art festival in the Sofa District in San Jose, California. And uh, she was with my uh, my friend David, David Fournier, and uh, they were walking, and, and I saw her and, and them, and I met her, and she just out of nowhere, I was like, you know what, I, this chick, she's really cool. Like, and we connected on some level, and I'm like, yeah. And so it was great having her on the podcast. Finally, it's been long overdue, I guess, but uh, I can't wait to get there. Uh, before we get there, though, just a friendly reminder that you can actually check out the latest developments on this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh huh. And something new, which I haven't really been mentioning, but I really should, is the email list. Oh, wow, I can't even say that right. Email list. The email list, please get on there. I have more in, in detail descriptions of the podcast of where we at and the direction I'd like to take this podcast in 2017. So you can reach, uh, God, I just can't talk today. It must be the holiday spirit. But if you go to jmspodcast.com, which is the official website for this podcast, on the bottom of the homepage, there is an entry to put in your email to be part of the JMS podcast email list. Please do so. I will only bother you once a week, and uh, and I assure you I will... Uh, not waste your time. I will try to entertain you in an email level. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be quite a challenge. So there you have it. Visit the JMS Podcast website and check it out. For those who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the JMS Podcast. Please check out all the whatever I just mentioned to get a full grasp of what it is all about here up in this. So yeah, um... Before we get to the episode, let's go through some emails. Let's see. I got an email here. Let's see. Clicking on the email. 
I got an email from Ashley. Oh, Ashley, she's great. She's the one who introduced to me to uh, to Roberto Tinoco Duran. He is our guest on episode eighty-two. He was a recent guest. Had a great chat with him. Oh my God, this this man has such an amazing story, and uh, such a great poet. So, for those who haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. And Ashley writes to me, um, Jorge, thank you so much for the shout out. I may have done a Snoopy dance when I heard it. Oh, that's great. Um, wow. <laughs> that's awesome that he did the Snoopy dance. Uh, I'm so glad you enjoyed creating the episode as much as I appreciated listening to it. He really is an inspiration. I knew he had gone to prison, that he had lost people too soon. As hard as the details were to hear, I am glad I did. I don't think I would have ever had the courage to ask him about it directly. I met Roberto, uh, he won't let me call him Mr. Duran, at my first open mic two years ago. My poem was a mess. I was a bit stiff and awkward, but he told me I had the power. The man who walks up and people hold their chins so their jaws don't droop from awe. Wait, I think I read that wrong. I'm sorry, actually, I messed up your email. Oh, he is the man who walks up and people hold their chins so their jaws don't droop from awe. Yes, he is. This man, honestly, if it weren't for meeting Roberto, I can't say I would still be performing. He's not the only phenomenal San Jose poet, but he is one of the few I can truly call a friend. Thank you, Jorge. Ashley. Wow, that is such a sweet thing, Ashley. Thank you so much on so many levels. A, thank you for even introducing me to this guy. B, thank you for your support. And C, just thank you, thank you, thank you for just really taking something out of this podcast on a positive way. Uh, I know uh, on that episode, we did hit some rather hard subjects, but uh, the, the amazing thing about Roberto is that he's honest and he shares them. And he shares them in a way that you really digest and you could really get a sense of where he's coming from and what you can learn from that. And with that much said, I think I'm, I'm about to do a Snoopy dance when after I finish recording this intro because that email it makes it all worth it, honestly. Getting that much support from a listener really makes all the struggle it takes to run a podcast for this long worth it. So Ashley, thank you for listening in and I'm looking forward for more poets that you bring this way. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our conversation with Jane Ruby. Because uh, Jane Ruby, you are the special Christmas guest episode, and you come bearing gifts. Yay! Thank you. Soda. Thank you for the orange Fanta soda. No, this is great because it's like an actual glass, right? Yeah. And is this the Mexican one? I don't know. My dad just came home with a couple and it reminded me of Keenan and Kel. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and I thought other people might like it. Why just says 1997 the Coca-Cola company? Was this, was this soda from 1997? <laughs> yeah, I kept it in my fridge. It says right since there. Since I was born. Take a look. Do you see it? Oh dang, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm drinking soda. You brought me soda from the past. 
That means it's uh, I was four when I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you cut and you brought tea. Yes, chamomile citrus. This is why you're an amazing friend, because you know exactly what I like. <laughs> oh, you like tea. Do I? Yeah. What, what, what kind of tea is it? Chamomile citrus. It's the Mighty Leaf brand. It's the best brand. Okay, that's bias. Mm. Or the mm. Numi brand's pretty good. Yeah. Well, you know, when I got money to spend, I, I go for higher brands of tea. But when I don't, like, I go to the average tea. I like all kinds of tea. Sometimes I just, I can't tell either. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> just put it a little closer. I make sure I pick you up well. There we go. But uh, yeah. But how you been? What's new? How's how's the how's the Zine world? <laughs> I've been good. I mean, I just finished my first semester of grad school, which isn't in art. It's in linguistics and teaching English. But this whole time I've been doing art on the side, and I just finished my first craft fair. <laughs> um, and yeah, the zine world is going. I think. I'm See, I mispronounce it. I keep saying zine. <laughs> no, it's okay. zine. You're the first person to ever introduce me to that. Really? No. Yeah. It's so it's old and it's no. I'm not the first. <laughs> um, but it's amazing. It's this whole different world where you can just really uh, do self documentation to its core. Like it's your words and how I write it. Like I don't even proofread because how it is is how it is. So I can write stories with, uh, I don't know, I scan my diaries, I write about recent days, just anything. It's amazing. And honestly, so, yeah, that's what keeps me going nowadays. So for someone who does not know what a zine is, how would you best describe it? Because uh, well, <laughs> a, a zine, yeah. I love that. Because <laughs> it's like you're, you're making art out of the words that you've written. Or it's almost as if you're combining, mm-hmm. I guess not, I wouldn't say poetry necessarily, but like, I guess topography is that the word i'm looking for just what a zine is or yeah. what's it all about i mean a zine is just uh you can think of like little brochures that you might get like during presentations or uh, just like little pieces of paper you know and it could range from like eight pages to however many pages and it's just essentially self-documentation it could be poetry it could be diary entries it could be photography anything that's self-produced and self-published it's a zine like you don't it's the whole purpose is to not get it you don't have to spend so much money on it you can share and spread the word or picture mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of spread the picture okay uh, how did that come about like I... um let me think back i don't know when did it come about zines because because <laughs> it's something you fully embraced because uh, yeah. you're, you're you're a great artist and, and usually artists they resort to like the canvas and the portraits and whatever but zine is it's like its own little niche thing yeah you know what that's a really good question i don't really remember how that all came about but what i do know is that i've always like written in diaries and written cards and stuff and i never knew that it was its own thing that you can print out and share with other people um but that's a good comment i actually just did a presentation on what how creativity can be brought into like the esl classroom but anyway I started with like what art actually means and most people think it's like a high-end art-ish painting with like life drawing figures, I don't know, you know, life models and it's like all expressive and everything, but really it's not. There's so many definitions of art and it doesn't have to be just two-dimensional or just like drawing and painting. It could be, it's anything that could be made beautiful or just, or given importance to and I don't know. It's like so hard to explain, but art can be anything you want it to be. But that's just me being 
biased too, because some artists don't think that it could be anything. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what my biggest dilemma was. Like after I finished art education, um, I didn't want to pursue credentials right away because I was so torn between or just on the idea of like what how do I teach this like I learned how to teach for the last couple of years and like how do I explain this to kids because personally I think that it can be anything but they teach you that it's not everything it's just how they teach you how to view the, you know the world and an object and like teaching they teach you how to like write lesson plans and stuff but then when I I'm in a classroom, it's like, I just want people to explore whatever they want to do, and I don't want to tell them what's right or wrong, and you can just show them the way, I guess. But yeah, that's why I had that dilemma, and I took a break for a while, because I was like, you know what, I need to figure out what art means to me, and then figure out how I can maybe even explain that to a stranger mm -hmm. someday. Sorry, I'm just ranting. <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. Because uh, art, it's like those, it's like poetry. It, it, it can be anything. Mm -hmm. And then there's a certain, you know, way of really dissecting it and seeing what what makes this a poem or like what makes that yeah. poem. And then, so it's it's there's no black and white to it. It, it, it. it really comes down to the intent of the person that actually made it. Yeah, it could be so many things like. I don't know, right now I'm just thinking about an orange because we're like having orange soda and orange tea and whatnot. But like it could be like an orange, right? Like just the idea of anything of art or anything. Like you can just peel it and there's just layers and layers and there's the skin and the actual juice. It's just everything. It's just like life is just full of layers and that's how I see it. And I think that's my life is basically in a yin-yang kind of twist all the time. Like there's just too many like reasons and and ideas for one thing that you can't just say it's that you can't just say that there is only one thing uh -huh. does that make sense it does and, and an interesting notion you mentioned before is you, right now you're trying to discover what the word or how would you define art in your own voice yeah which <clears throat> is a fascinating concept because i was just thinking this the other day uh where i was like you know because I was feeling pretty bummed about my film work in the sense that I'm currently working on a film project, but it's taking forever. Like, maybe it's too ambitious. And I'm looking at, like, other people's film work, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, a part of me is like, why am I too worried about how, how others in the film community are going to look at my film? And I'm like, I, I think someone should really own to how they express their film. And, and they define it for themselves. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to me going like, well, let's see, this is the trend in filmmaking. I should do this. This is the latest, you know, look that people like. And this, uh, and I was like, well, what what does that all mean to me specifically? And it's it's interesting you apply that in art. You're like, there's so many paintbrushes. There's so many forms of expressing yourself through painting. Uh, but what does it really mean to you? Have you come up with any conclusions? No, I don't think besides there are... an orange. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up, but uh, honestly, no, I don't think there will be any conclusions to anything. And I recently wrote this in a reflection too, after a really big essay, that like I don't really believe that there's an, an end to an essay or yeah, like anything, because you can always go back and refine something and and you know just fix it. Oh uh, yeah, you could edit forever. Edit forever, see, and you determine when the finish line is, right? Every artist has that kind of. <clears throat> that dilemma but it's not quite a bad dilemma I think and I don't really 
intend to find an answer. It's just like the process along the way. I'm happy with like everything that's been happening so far, like the craft fair and like going selling it for Scotty and stuff like that. It's not about the money and it's not, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is about the money, but because I have to spend money to make the production and everything, but like whether I sell or not, like that's not too important to me. I just want to spread the word and I just want to like, I always tell people that you just have to look at my work and if you do and you appreciate it or even if you don't, just looking is enough, you know? I don't expect anything from anyone and I think in that way that's that helps get the process going because I'm really comfortable with like just spending hours just thinking how I want to do something or hours not thinking about wanting to do something because it's just like it's all part of the process. The process is just the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Being in the moment. It's I've lived really true to that since 2016 what happened in 2016 um i mean (laughs) so much happened i feel like prior to 2016 i was still like looking in the past and and okay it's just it's so cliche but i started kind of like re uh kind of i don't know i started looking into the buddhist perspective again and that's those are my roots right i grew up with that and you grew up with buddhism Mm mm-hmm and I never really took it seriously or never really looked into yeah. it. That's just a thing my parents do, right? Yeah, exactly. And then I last September I went to... Um, wow, okay, now that I'm reflecting, we're doing like a whole like year reflection before mm-hmm. the New Year's. So I went to Atlanta to see my Buddhist monk uncle. <laughs> he lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Wait, your, your uncle's an actual Buddhist monk? Yeah. Like, he wears the garb and everything. Yeah, he's wow. a Vietnamese monk in Georgia. <laughs> and I went there for a month retreat, and, you know, I was just going through a weird time in life, and um, I don't know, I we just meditated and prayed, and I just found it so peaceful to just, like, be in the moment and, and live in the moment and not just, like, dwell so much on the past. It's all the stuff that you can read on Pinterest until you live it, you know, just all peace, like, take away electronics, everything. Um, and then I was still in my stagnant life after I started working at a coffee shop and sushi restaurant and it was just like routine every day and it was okay because I had something to do and it, you know it wasn't like sitting around which is okay with sitting around too but um, I took that money and I went to Asia and I can't believe that's still part of 2016 I went to Asia for two and a half months and I taught English and I used art to teach English there and there just I don't know I was out there on my own for the first time like I just searched for this random volunteer program online and I was like dude this is the one I don't even know if it's that credible but I'm gonna go and so I took that money and I went and it was the most amazing experience and um I learned I almost died there how <laughs> um, I was on what this, happened I was on this island and I was feeling sick for the last two weeks already since being there and then I went with these people I barely knew from like the program and one night I just started like vomiting and had crazy diarrhea for like four hours and like just vomited so much that I had like no more air left and I thought it was gonna die it was like a really scary moment it's like dude what the hell and so then die in front of strangers yeah and, and it was like dude I'm in this like I'm in this beach area with just beaches and bungalows like what am I supposed to do? Like, who am I? And like, how do I get home? I should have done this. I should have done that. All these things came through my mind. And then Michaela, uh, 
or Misha, we call her Misha. Who's she, Misha? She's the girl who roomed with me, and I barely knew her, and she was like, it's okay, and she was so motherly, and um, she waited for the people to wake up, and we caught the first motorcycle ride um, to the island, and then we, or the, to the ferry, and then to the, from the ferry, we caught the closest island, and then I got off there, got a taxi, and then like five hours later, I was in the hospital, and getting electrolyte water injected in me. I was dehydrated and I didn't even know. And it was scary. I mean, it sounds little for like electrolyte water injected in you, whatever, but it was a big deal. I thought I was gonna die. And there she was, this person who I didn't even know helped me. And I think from that moment too, like the whole uh, just trusting and being in the moment like came even clearer because like a stranger helped me and like the kindness of the people around you, you know, like when you're in danger, like the person next to you will be there for you, whether you believe it or not. And uh, yeah, that, I was thinking about that for a while. And then um, April, May started happening and then I came back and then now it's like a whole like chunk of semester time away now. And I still think about that, like so grateful and like there's nothing really to complain about, I think just Everything, okay, first world problem is still a problem, but uh, when you think about things in the bigger perspective, like there's so much to live for and um, like the little things that you can't figure out, like how to edit a certain clip or to paint a picture or to get into this craft fair, like it's just so minor and you can get there if you just work for it. And if you can't, then you can try something new. So through this traveling and near death experience, you feel like you loosened up a bit? Yeah, I think so. You're not too hard on yourself? Yeah, I'm not too hard on myself anymore, but I still am anxious because that lives in my genes. <laughs> I'm very anxious still. Um, but I guess I could just... I found more ways to, like, just de-stress, I guess. Because there's so many other things that... Or there's just things in the world that you don't have to worry about, really. Do you like, still keep in here. touch with uh, Michaela? Or uh, Michelle? Yeah, Misha. Michaela, she has so many names. Um... Yeah. Today's her birthday, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where's she from? She's from the Czech Republic. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Older than you, I assume, right? Yeah. She's, I think, 32. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. You know, I, I've always wondered. I was like, you know, what if I, I die in front of strangers? Are they all just going to look at me like they just watch me? As I, I, I don't know, it's weird. We're, we're getting morbid territory here. But, you know, I, I get I get stupid ideas like that. It's like, oh, what if, like, I'm having a heart attack while I'm walking during rush hour in the streets and I just, like, fall over? The people would just kind of, like, you know, oh, well, there's there's that guy. He just fell over. And I don't know. Like, sometimes I get a little paranoid about that. I don't think that. I think if you were in danger or if you were, like, in dire need of help, people would be there for you. Uh, that's just how I feel now. But then there are times when death just rolls around the corner and you can't do anything about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know how else to... Well, it's interesting because, you know, it's like... What does that say, like, about my perspective to the public? It's like, does that mean I don't trust them as much? Does that mean, you know, like, tr trust in the community is a pretty big deal. And, you know... Some of us are, are very pessimistic about that. It's like, oh, nobody's going to help me when I'm in trouble. But like you said, you'll be surprised. 
Yeah, you'll be surprised. But then I'm not saying that. I don't have moments like that, too. I'm human, and I get pessimistic so often, too. Um, and I think... I don't know how to, like, transition from this topic to the next, but, um, like, for instance... Like, sometimes I really want to get, like, a big project going, and then I think, oh, no one's going to help me. I don't want to ask anyone. I can just do this by myself. And there's the yin-yang effect for me. Like, the cons of, like, not believing that it's going to work out if I just ask all these people. And then there's the pros where I do ask, and then things work out. And it's like, but then I go back and think, oh, such a big hassle. But then you did this project, you know? So it's just back and forth, and that's just, uh... I think it's just personal thoughts. Uh, yeah. Nothing too too terrible i think nothing it's not terrible at all it's, you just have these thoughts yeah i hear you like i totally relate <laughs> like when i'm working on a short film I'm like oh god i need help but like i don't want to bother because you, you you've been on one of my film sets like <laughs> you're two hours right and i'm like oh my god like they're dedicating their time for this and it's like i hope it all works out i hope it's not for nothing and so i i get very nervous asking for help you know uh, so and I'm very grateful to those who do like you and and other friends and it's like wow and when it's done and over like wow we did this I didn't I did not do this alone we did this yeah. like you guys deserve just as much credit yeah it's amazing when people can come together like time is precious you know and they say time is money but um, yeah that feeling that you got right it was amazing like these friends came for you. Mm -hmm. They wanted to help you. And I was a nervous wreck on set. I'm always a nervous wreck. I'm always <laughs> was anxious. Amazing. After everything, I'm anxious. It was cool. Like, and you should think about it from our perspective, too. Like, it's so cool to be a part of something. Like, me as a homebody, like, I never leave the house. And I never do... I never really do so much, like, when people invite me and stuff. But then when, when somebody like you asks me and I, I go and join this team and it's like, whoa... I was a part of something and I probably wouldn't have been if I stayed home and didn't answer, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's nice. Yeah. And then like recently I've also started thinking it because I've been to a couple holiday parties now and I'm like, I'm pretty bad at parties. <laughs> like I'm pretty bad at small talk <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to think if this is something I always was not good at or was this something that's a new development? I don't know. I don't think you're... Like, how are you bad at small talk? I, it's, I carry a conversation that goes nowhere. <laughs> Maybe that's the definition of small talk, but I'm like, like halfway through my thing, I'm like, why am I even talking to this person? Like, what, what, what are we even talking about? Why, why are we, who, why does he care where I come from? <laughs> Do you get that way? Like, you consider you're a homebody and you find yourself in a social environment like that in a party? Um... It's funny because I don't remember the last party I was ever at. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, for real. Like, I'm such a... Oh, come on, Jane. Dude, no one invited me. You're such me a sweet gal. How can you say that? I never that? go out. Um, but that's funny because... You, you never... Well, to be fair, we're at that age and nobody really invites us no more. <laughs> but other than that, it's... What do you mean nobody invited you to a <laughs> no, party? No, no, I'm not meaning it in a bad way. But um, I just... I don't go out. And uh, I'm not a night owl. And I just always picture parties being at night I know that there were parties in the daytime too but anyway that's not the case I was just gonna say um I don't make small talk because I actually like tell people to make big talk like small talk is so useless sometimes you know like hey how are you what's your major right <laughs> uh, where do you work so at so lame like, the thing you're right if I'm on a party with friends and yeah I have a lot of fun yeah because we have history yeah but when I'm with the complete strangers yeah 
uh, and I'm and I'm <laughs> it gets awkward for me. Sure. And I I ended up being that guy who's by himself at the buffet table, like just oh. just trying to look cool, tasting food. I'm like okay with uh, not talking at all than making small talk, because then it was just it would just be like not wasting words, but just like exchanging conversations where n- neither of you. Uh, it's just the headphones, don't worry. Right. That neither of you really want to have or care for, like. I mean, if I do have to and I'm in a situation, I don't ask, like, quote-unquote, what's your major kind of conversation, but more so, like, so, like, I don't know, more so, like, why do you do what you do and we'll, and then what it is, what is it that you do or, like, how do you do what you do? Um, or just skip to, like, questions that people are just like, what, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, oh, if your color could, if your your day could be a color... What would it be? You know, something like that. Like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know. Something kind of out of the blue. See, you'll be great at parties. What are you talking about? Oh, no. But then I also like to play the awkward person, too, just because people like like to make things so awkward in general. And so I like to play an awkward on awkward. So if it's awkward, I know it. I'll make it even more awkward. What's an awkward tactic you use? Like, they'll, they'll like, slow down on words or something, and it seems like there's nothing more to say. I'll just slow down as well <laughs> or like when they like start going on their phone I'm like still looking at them um, or in situations where um, like people are awkward start going on their phones in general right like I don't do that because then I just it's just like avoiding right so I'll just stare around and like really look at people and it's just so I don't feel awkward but I know that they feel awkward and I think that's also a way to challenge like the party norm or just outdoor norm too like people are always avoiding eye contact and like avoiding this and that (laughs) I just like to really stare (laughs) and be in the moment Mm because it's like I know you don't do this you know um yeah do you feel this is a recent development or have you always been like this from a young age when you went to social gatherings um I think I've always no I wasn't like this I'm sorry I I forgot (laughs) to turn off my Facebook chat on this (laughs) what's Facebook yeah what's Facebook (laughs) I think I was um, not always like this. I always wanted to be like this. I hid behind uh, quite a long time, like from teenage years to like 20, I think, 1920. You what? You hid? Hid, yeah. What do you mean by that? Hiding. Like, I never actually exchanged eye contact. I Like in high school? Yeah, and I wouldn't like make phone calls for my parents, even though those people don't even know what you look like, like behind the line. <laughs> but again, What's home phone anymore? What's a home phone? Wait, hold on. What, what high school did you go to? Piedmont Hills. Piedmont Hills. Yeah. And did you have like a like a group of friends you always hung out with, or do you would you? Yeah, were I you mean, like a social butterfly when you went out with different groups. I was a social butterfly, but like I was also super. I wanted to embrace my inner introverted self, but I just didn't do that. I was in every club you can imagine. I was your Rachel Berry from Glee, except no one hated me. But, yeah, it was super social, but it wasn't me. Um, so you were in every club? I was, like, no, not every club, but a lot of the clubs. Uh-huh. Like, like the, all the community service ones, Red Cross, UNICEF, leadership, like, everything. I was always there. I was, like, the community service girl, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> But now I think it's but, just nice to be quiet. But what interested you in that when you were young? 
um I just wanted to I don't know being a teenager and stuff like I wanted to that's what I thought you could do to be somebody quote-unquote and also I just wanted to impress my brother because <laughs> like he I wanted to do all the things that he didn't do and so I'm like all right hey look at me how much older is he four not really a lot in hindsight but back then and until now actually I still think that they're so old like an older sibling feels so old to me I don't know hmm. but so anyway you, you were always trying to impress him from a young age yeah but skip forward like no that's not skip forward oh yet. no not skip forward not yeah <laughs> this is interesting to me okay so it's just you and your brother do you have any other siblings no other siblings okay oh there's others no 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 so just you two yeah all right and for because this is an interesting dynamic you got here is because was he not outgoing um he seemed pretty outgoing to me and you're like i i, I gotta match him he if like, not more. I think it wasn't, like, so much matching, but it was so, like, doing things that he didn't do in school that... So then he would see that I'm doing it, and he'd maybe make a conversation, or, like, be like, oh, so you're in leadership, huh? Like, what position? Just something like that, you know? So were you seeking attention? Yeah, possibly. From Mostly him? from him, and yeah. it wasn't from anyone else. Right, that's what I meant. Like, yeah, 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 sure. And so I think that's why when college started happening... I dropped all of that and I was like, dude, you know what? I never, I don't need any attention from anyone and I need to stop being him because I think I was turning into him for at some point. Like, I've always kind of been like, like, I don't know what the word is. Do you two always had a contentious uh, relationship? Yeah, I mean, I think we stopped talking when I was in like first grade and he was in fifth. That was so early on and like, it's complete we're like complete strangers to this day still but um i no longer like have that like hatred towards him like i don't know why it's like sibling hate you know or like sibling jealousy or something but i developed into my own person um in college and i dropped all the clubs Mm -hmm. i yeah i didn't join anything and if i wanted to make friends i would make friends if i wanted to do something i would do something but I stopped social media and everything and just lived me, yeah. you know? Was, was there a specific event that happened that you're like, you know what? He's my brother. It is what it is. I have to search my own thing. Um, I think... I don't know. I called him out, like, the summer before I left to college because he was trying to teach me how to drive because my dad forced him to. And there was this whole like incident where we were at the stoplight and he was yelling at me and then I just like really really like broke down and not broke down but I was like so angry that was it so I like stopped the car I don't know if I stopped the car it was still in pause but or yeah I was still there yeah (laughs) I was like dude you know what you stressed me out and you're so condescending I hate you so much and you've put me down since the first grade you always yell. So you never teach me all, anything. All everything. these years Dude. that were boiling in you just <laughs> yeah. came out. Okay. Imagine like first grade to like somebody who that's like somebody who's like six years old to to like eighteen or something. And I just had this whole crazy like breakdown, and then he like got so pissed, and he just like wrapped it up as like road rage and then I just yeah. and <laughs> you're driving less and already have road rage yeah. and then I would go home and I was so angry and his girlfriend was in the car and she tried to talk to me afterwards when I got home we like live in the same house you know next door but I always tell people that he lives next door but people think it's like 
the next house but down but it's literally like next door in my in the same house but anyway that's how stranger like it is but that summer he came into my room and he apologized for the first time in my life and I don't know in that moment if I was even expecting an apology because it didn't really mean much anymore and in that moment like I wasn't mad anymore and I wasn't like I, I forgave him even though I didn't know what to forgive and then I went on to college and I was like you know what that's it like this whole time in my life I was trying to like prove to him or to him that I could do this and that but like what did I prove to myself and like just that I'm a wreck and I just try to be someone else that I'm not you know one of those lines like dude this is so bogus and like what am I doing all these clubs for getting all these hours like they're just numbers I mean I did help a lot <laughs> for the community and stuff I did a lot of fun stuff and I I I learned somewhat some things in high school but like what I learned most was like dude just gotta do me you know just be yourself I was never myself mm -hmm. and I think college really helped for that yeah no because yeah. my sibling relationship is, is also like kind of weird for me yeah like um, I, both of them like my, my older sister and my younger brother are close mm -hmm. they're super close and occasionally they accuse me of being distant of, although we live in the same roof they do somehow accuse me of being distant towards the family in quotation marks mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm here all the time like and, and their thing is that I'm not involved in with their lives and for me I, I, for the longest time I shrugged it off but there were a couple times where me my brother and my sister went at it and it kind of came out and I'm like okay like, like in your story I, I, I'll probably have been the other side of it um and I'm like, uh, I really should try to be a better sibling. But, you know, and I, I think uh, on that note, this is the first... Uh, for many Christmases, I've been broke. And I could only afford to buy so many gifts for my family. I know as sad as, as admitting that. But this year, you know, now with the full-time job and everything, I'm like, I bought everyone a gift. And... It really felt good. It felt good. And I don't know. Like, I, just you talking about your relationship with your brother really reminded me of that. It's like, it, I, I think I was a sucky brother when I was younger. I, I was too too much into myself in a sense, like, my, my own things as opposed to, like, oh, what's my brother up to? What's my sister up to? What do they want? So I, I think there's something to be learned there on both sides. Hmm, interesting perspective. I mean, now I'm, it's still equally weird and awkward, but I'm also, I don't really take that into consideration anymore because I'm so content with myself and, like, if he wants to be included, he can. I invite him and his girlfriend, or now fiancé, to, like, my stuff. Um, this has, whole... has he ever shown up to any of your art stuff? I think once at Frascati, like the first time, I mean, that was enough. Like just being there is enough. I, and if you're not there, it's okay too. Like it's not so bad anymore. I think with age, maybe it'll get better. Like I have hopes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's not so bad anymore when you can just be yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I'm happy to hear that there's something coming out of it. Yeah. Um, and also Something positive, just, at least. Yeah. yeah. And I was taking another line into consideration and this is not so I can like get famous or anything that's the last thing I want but I read this quote that said like work until you don't have to uh state your name anymore something like that and I don't think 
I want to get to that point, but, like, recently at the craft fair, just having, like, my name on, like, a cardboard thingy, like, over my, my booth was so rewarding, because I'm like, dude, I worked an entire year to learn, like, the weight of paper and, and getting clear bags for my packaging and, and just developing all these, like, new ways to, like, make work happen and sell, like, paper, in the paper goods industry kind of deal. Um, it's so nice, like, just having, like, to be just just being included on the list it's like so nice you know and I, I did it and I worked for it and I didn't ask him for any help I didn't ask well, for my brother I guess because I always grew up asking for help and I hated that because it's like he he made me feel like I couldn't ask anyone and that I had to do everything by myself and now luckily I like that I'm older I know that it's okay to ask for help but uh I'm also content with like working until I don't know what to do and then asking so he taught me a lot of things in so many ways that I have to do things for myself and be independent and um, I think that's why I am where I am today. So there's a lot coming out of this too, like I'm always by myself and I like that and I feel like that came out of that relationship with him, hmm. you know? Now I do. That's, I think that's a very interesting, beautiful thing to realize where like, you know, we, we grow out of our faults as because when you're a kid you'd be surprised how much you project without knowing it. Like when, Now that I'm older, like now mm-hmm. when I do like stupid stuff or not, or like when I'm being too emotional, and not like, I, I think about it, it's like, okay, why am I doing this? But when you're a kid, you don't know. You just yeah. do it. You know, as they say, kids are the most honest, right? When a kid calls you fat, you're fucking fat, <laughs> which I got pretty often. No. <laughs> like, I was like, well, and... and it's not until later do you realize like what what was that about and to this day I'm still trying to discover things about my myself and my youth I was like what was that about like as we mentioned like the whole um, social aspect of small talk mm-hmm. and of, of bring, I don't know from being a pretty good party goer you know uh, and I'm like when I was a kid I've always wanted to be part of a group I was a social butterfly. I was the guy who went from, like, group to group, you know, trying to make friends. But at the same time, you know, felt kind of on my own. And I took both, you know, resentment and pride over it. It's like, yeah, I'm alone. It's like, no, I'm fucking, I'm alone. Nobody cares. And (laughs) I was involved with so many things as well. But as a young age, I I always felt like I was pretty, I want to say independent. Just a lonely person. Like, I remember you mentioned first grade. From first to, like third grade my thing to do at the playground was to walk around the, the playground with my hands in my pockets and be that cool guy who's just walking like <laughs> like like during recess I just all I did was walk around the playground with my hands in my pockets like a, like a dumbass just like you know playing it cool and I felt bad because I remember my cousin was like a year younger than me or two years younger and he, and he like you know as a cousin he wanted to do what his cousins are doing and he he did it with me so just <laughs> these two little kids with our hands in our pockets walking around the playground until like this next day he's like oh fuck this I'm, I'm gonna go play kickball or something <laughs> but it, that, 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 that's a part of me I can't shake off yeah you know and people say oh it's about perspe- perception it's, it's about you know changing your whatever and to a certain extent they're true it's true but there's a part of me that's innately there like no matter how good i have it no matter how big the circle of friends i have mm-hmm. a part of me is that second year old walking around the playground with his hands in his pockets just him and his thoughts 
And I feel like, you know, some of us, all of us have a part of that. Like, you still got stuff from your young age. You got to yeah. gotta rediscover and figure out what it is. I feel like anxiety is part of my, my, it's just part of my genes. <laughs> That's something I can't shake off even if I wanted to. But I want to say there's so many things that come, good things that come out of that. When I'm super anxious, like, I think creative writing comes from that. It's like crazy talking in my head. <laughs> then I just type it out or write it. And it's just like, whoa, this is like colorful writing. All right, I'll take it. So stuff like that, you know, or when I'm like, sometimes I hyperventilate. And when I have those moments, I see things that I want to like build in sculpture or like certain, so, it's so weird. So you hyperventilate in excitement? Yeah. No, it's or in anxiety, panic, panic yeah. and excitement and, and just fear and everything. It's, it just comes out of nowhere. Um, but in those moments, even though it's super scary and everything, like I see so many good images afterwards or in the moment. And it's so strange. Like, uh, I'm panicking, but then I want to draw this thing. I want to make the sculpture. Just everything's so as, crazy. As a, as a form of distraction? Huh? Oh, this hyperventilation? Like you hyperventilate, you panic. So you want to do something creative as a distraction? Um, I don't know. Maybe. But I think I just hyperventilate out of stress and just just worry some things yeah you know i mean um, i dig it and it just happens um but i'm not like that all the time but that's how i know like the anxiety is in my genes like i can't shake it off even if i want to be i can't i can do all the yoga and spiritual practices i want and it'll help in the moment but it won't help everything you know like that i will accept that i will mm. have these spurts of like craziness and it's okay well, you'd be surprised what good can come from anxiety. I know you're like, oh, wow, what does that mean? <laughs> but, you know, this podcast came out of anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, this podcast came out of me panicking on my tw- on the 25th birthday. <laughs> right? I'm like, I have to do something impulsive. I have to do something creative and impulsive. Let's do a podcast. Oh, man, I remember and lo- that. <laughs> and, and, and look where we ended up. Here I am. Dang. Talking to you. How on, long on is it Christmas been? Eve. It's, it's almost okay since I started my birthday when I turned 25 uh, my birthday's coming up so almost two years whoa yeah I haven't looked back since when's your birthday I'm, I'm not telling you that, I'm not telling people I mean I will tell you privately but I'm not telling All right, you what but we're, are you, we're, like, we're what's recording your sign? I'm Aquarius oh Why, I, do you believe in signs I do you, I do that? interesting we're both water are, are we I'm a Pisces what does that mean Okay. To be water. To, for anyone who is... How, how come I didn't have a choice in what <laughs> what element I want to be in? I, I, Being like water is I, amazing. <laughs> um, okay, I don't know about any other sign, but all the Pisces I've met, including myself, um, super sensitive, emotional, can be creative, and just head in the clouds all the time. Life is just so colorful, like, as a Pisces. And th- maybe that's just me talking. I don't know about everyone. I can't assume that. But, yeah, I feel... I so you're a fish. Yeah. And I'm half fish, half person. <laughs> you're half fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you so know, I'm happy about that. Honestly, I, th- I think we should update the horoscope thing. <laughs> yeah, we should. Because huh? the horoscope is, like, for centuries, it's, like, the same elements, right? Now we have the table of elements, right? <laughs> well, well, why don't we make a horoscope that's, like, oh, your element is zinc. Dang. Or yours is cobalt and yours is acaline i don't know this is what that means to me i just thought about breaking bad <laughs> exactly <laughs> dude right switch it up yeah you're right but i'm okay with pisces right now too mm. you should change yours if you want 
Yeah. Oh, speaking of change, I'm thinking about having a name, an actual brand name, but then I also don't want to change my actual name. It's like the only thing that you don't, you can't change. Well, you can change your name, but you don't want to. Like right now, it's just Jane Ruby Wong. Hmm. Well, I, I thought Jane Ruby was your artistic name. Yeah. Uh, you can call me that, and people can go by that. And the products say that too, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, that back, sounds like a brand. Yeah, but back then the it was the Jane Ruby brand. I was thinking about like, what if it wasn't my name? And then I go back and forth with like, should I change it? I don't know. I change my mind too often. Oh, that's a Pisces too. Like just changing your mind too often and being just a fickle person in general. Yeah. I think these headphones are are Scorpios because they <laughs> they keep coming on and off all over. What is what do the other signs even entail? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, do, do you do you look do you like um do you like how can I put this without sounding pejorative? Are you gonna ask me if I think I look like a Pisces? I'm like, what does that mean? Do you think you look like a Pisces? <laughs> you didn't ask me that, so it's okay. I'm not okay. gonna. Answer. <laughs> no, 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 I was gonna ask. Is like because uh, I I do a bit about this in my stand up where it's like we sometimes maybe we expect or judge people a little too much depending on their sign like oh you are so and so we're gonna make great friends mm-hmm. and then you try to become friends and it just doesn't work out yeah like oh you are you meet me and you're a, are you're that sign i'm this sign we're the perfect match <laughs> we should get together get married and have kids <laughs> and live a beautiful and, life. and then but we have to like like strategically you know have the kids at a certain time of the year to so, <laughs> I'm overdoing it, I know. No, it's okay. For comedic effect. <laughs> but I wonder if there's such people out there. That Maybe. Are, that, that like, well, like, oh, what are you? Oh, okay, yeah, we can't be together. That's, oh, man, that's I believe that there are people like that. I definitely don't because I don't think you should believe anything like 100%. Um, oh, all knowledge is approximate. That's something I live by. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I definitely don't think so. There's, so, like, how there's no ending to a paper or how we can go back to things. Like, there's no perfect quote-unquote perfect way of knowing something there's no ending to a paper yeah there's no ending to it can you elaborate on that that's interesting you like just like how editing is right like you can edit forever oh like like like, okay so oh you're seeing it as in like a literally paper that's true too though is it yeah i mean there could always be alternative endings and how you see it might be different from how somebody else sees it and I don't know. It's really interesting now that I think about it. All the movies I like are the ones that give all the the mainstream people who are like, "Oh, I needed a perfect ending." Like this mainstream movie is supposed this movie is supposed to be mainstream and everything. But I like the movies that don't give you anything, and shouldn't you just appreciate that it was made all in all that for you to watch, even if you liked it or not? Someone made it, put the time into it, and I don't know, gave you a quite a couple of you know photographic moments for you to be like to, to enjoy mm-hmm. um so films that lead to do, to nothing no no uh, but, not all of them but i mean just in general like i think it's okay to have endings that don't have endings yeah that's what i'm trying to say i hear you so like films that don't really have anything like so it sounds like you're a fan of the french cinema <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, also, joking, I mean, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Any listeners out there? Oh, I love French cinema. I know. Well, I, know. I, love, I love all movies. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, 
I'm all for French cinema, especially you know the back in the days, the the, the, the French New Wave. But come on, a, a lot of those films are shit. There's a couple of really great ones that yeah. I, like that could be highlighted, but the, I don't know. I I got my own own opinions about sure, that. Sure, yeah, that's okay. I think just in general, I'm okay with no endings to anything. Is what I'm really trying to say. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. I I don't, I don't think there's really an ending to um, people. Okay, that sounds weird. Okay, here's what no. I mean. Let me elaborate. Okay. Because uh, either we die, but even then, I think a part of ourselves is moved on to something else. You know, whether we become soil and whatever. And I don't know. I guess I'm trying to say if I'm trying to be... See, I'm really bad at being mystical. No. But, but I feel we we carry on somehow. Part of us yeah. carries on to something that's different and just a different form. Uh, we might not be that consciously. We're just going to be different, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That's also because I believe in reincarnation. So oh, that, interesting. You know, my grandmother passed away in November. And so, you know, she's, as Buddhists, we believe she's going to, we, we uh, cremated her. So she's definitely going to be someone or something else in the future or past. I don't know. We think, we think like that. So, yeah, we live on. That's, that's my perspective. So just in case someone out there doesn't believe in that. <laughs> well, even reincarnation is different beliefs. Like some, thing you, some people believe you will reincarnate as another person. Mm-hmm. And others or believe an that, animal. Oh, yeah, exactly. Or an animal. Some will even say an object. Mm-hmm. What, what line of, of belief do you go by? Probably a newborn or um, animal. Or it's going to be a newborn anyway, but it could be animal or human. And so I think that's amazing to know that mm. and and you know what i was actually thinking about this after the funeral like after we cremated her and everything that maybe it's just this this whole idea of keeping faith and and thinking that this person is going <clears> to <throat> be somewhere else in the in the realm the the world out there that makes us feel better because we really don't know if that's going to happen or not but that's what we say we believe and that's what we really do believe but i also think it's just like after the funeral, I just thought it was important to keep faith, like whether it's in yourself or God or Buddha or whatever, whoever it is, whatever it is, having faith in something is pretty amazing, you know, just, just, just believing. Kind of goes back to what you were saying about art. Yeah. Because it's everything and nothing. Faith is everything and nothing. Faith is, you make what faith is what it is to you. Yeah. Right? Just like art. Yeah. Art, art doesn't fucking matter what others think of art or what they perceive as be- as this is the art to emulate. Mm-hmm. It's what you think of it. Yeah, that's beautiful. And f- yeah, and faith <laughs> and faith is similar to that. It's like it does. I mean, you could choose to. Some of us don't have a choice because we're born into a certain faith. But ultimately, you're gonna have to decide whether you say yes, this is my faith. I fit in perfectly. Yeah. Or hey, there's other faiths that are more that have that I keep to myself. Yeah, well, it could be for anything. Yeah, for school, work, an art project, cooking. I don't know anything. Just thinking that you can do it, then you can do it. It's like, just do it, Nike. Nike's logo. You know, they encourage you to do that. You know, um, yeah. Hmm. That was a good conclusion there. 
Was it? Or like not conclusion, but because there's no conclusion, <laughs> no end. It just keeps on going. Um, yeah, life is a cycle, like a hamster wheel cycle. Like a hamster wheel. <laughs> did, did you have any pets growing up? No, I wasn't allowed to. Wait, yeah, I did. Uh, like a cactus. <laughs> okay. My parents didn't let me because I had, I have allergies often. I still do sometimes, but they ripped out all the carpet and everything, like to anything allergic to dust and. Fur related. Are thing. you really? Yeah. So how, how how are you still in this room and not? <laughs> I mean, now it's okay. okay. My immune system's gone better, and I used to get shots every week on both arms for six years. Wow. Yeah. How was that? How it's was dealing with that? Super bogus. And like, what the heck? I'm a problematic child. Um, and if it would get a reaction on one one arm, I would have to get another one. So I'd get like four shots per week for six years. Like it would always react. Everything was bad. But anyway. Um, Wait, hold on, no. I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> like, how, how was it when you first started taking those shots and the evolution of your thought process through it to, like, where you're like, oh, I don't have to take it no more? Very interesting. Everything relates. So, in the beginning, I thought it was really bad. Everything made me sneeze. This and that. And then, six years later, I'm like, wait. One day I was in the office, like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't need this stuff. Maybe I can heal naturally. And... Like, why do we need to get all this stuff injected? Maybe it's just a thought. Mom, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. We're going to stop going. And they were okay with it? Yeah, because then I had to pay money and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom doesn't... It was my dad who made me go. My mom doesn't believe in medicine and stuff like that. Unless it's, like, Chinese herbal related. She's one of those people. She's very traditional Buddhist. Yeah, so no no pills, nothing. Yeah, exactly. So we stopped that and she said, see, it was all in your head. I'm like what? And then, six years later, mom. Six years later, I know. And this is after like they ripped out the carpet, everything. But in this time um, period, I my mom bought me a really huge cactus that was like like four. It was really, really. It was like the same size as I was, but wow, like a kid size, you know. Um, and I liked it a lot. She said I don't have to water it, and only sometimes, and I didn't have to like stress over it, like other people have pets i can have one too did you name it it's just cactus cactus <laughs> yeah cactus was called cactus yeah cactus is cactus it, that was your pet it was and it died a couple years ago or years ago it turned really really like white and old but um wow it it, it, it even lived out like a pet wow <laughs> it didn't yeah you know yeah it did it did and i was sad but it was okay it was just there did, did you ever take it out like people were like with their cats and their dogs like, yeah i'm bringing my cactus along in this no, pot but that time it made me think like everything is just there and around and like everything comes to an end um even though there's no end um and that's like another buddhist like lifestyle thing quote like everything in life is impermanent so like don't dwell so much on anything right you know uh how and your father's not religious or at least not into buddhism as much as your mother right um no no we all are but we don't see that's why we are like we believe that if somebody were to, I don't know, educate us about Christianity or Catholicism, like, we'd listen, because Buddhism is actually not a religion, and it's a lifestyle. So we're open to all, but we're really into the whole, like, traditions and practices. I think it's just placed in that category of religion, the word, just for convenience sake, but it's we really don't see it as anything. It's just, like, a way of keeping faith. In a, I know that sounds all over the place, but it's not a religion. Mm. And uh, your mom or dad do anything creative? Um, no. Well, yes. I think everybody is creative in some ways, but, uh... What line of work are they in? They do, uh, computer... They are computer technicians. 
And that's really interesting too. Like Both a lot of, of yeah, they work in the same job. That's very cute. In the same company, and they've worked there for over thirty years. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like a lot of immigrants who come to America, like they work, or Asian immigrants, they work in the like chip tech industry kind of deal, yeah. especially in the Silicon Valley too. But um, before, they actually worked at the flea market. <laughs> what were they selling? Um, they sold like just everything <laughs> house okay this is before they there was like a walmart and stuff like that like people were like dude the flea market's the hot spot that's where we get like our toothbrushes and dolls and stuff i don't know and this was here in in yeah the capital flea market okay yeah it was cool they set up shop and, and they and they sold a variety of objects yeah so that's what they did and then at the same time they ended up getting into this uh as they, they got jobs as computer technicians, and now they've been there since, and I'm still here. Yeah. And I was born, and my brother was born. Right. And so, yeah, that's that's our family. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, and and how, how did, are they supportive of what you do with design, with the zines? Yeah. Um, my mom and dad are all for it, I think. There, there are moments when they're... I mean, okay. They're like, you don't want to end up in a flea market like we did. <laughs> like, I switched from communications to, like, journalism to, like, other things. And then then I got to art. And then I switched to art education. So it wasn't just art itself. Like, I've always had a strong love for kids and, um, like, teaching and whatnot. So I feel like they're supportive because I'm, like, remaining in the education route. Like, even now I want to do teaching English abroad within the linguistics program. So it's, like still in the education route so they're okay but i don't know about if i just chose like painting itself or like ceramics i don't know if they'd say otherwise mm. but uh they're they're supportive and my mom's a really really open person and um my dad too but i don't know i think they're okay overall they're supportive because if they weren't i wouldn't be here right now <laughs> doing, and doing what you do doing what i do right. yeah like going to Frascati here and there and carrying all these things and going to craft fair stuff like they don't say anything, so I think it's okay. Yeah. And uh, what part of Asia are they from? They're from Southeast Asia. So my... Well, my dad is from Cambodia, and his family's from there and Vietnam. My mom's from Vietnam, too, so, yeah. That's interesting. Do you want to ask how they met? That's that's an interesting combination. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, there's, like, two stories, and I really <laughs> don't know. Because we don't, stories. like, ask... I don't know. We don't really talk about it much. From what I... Th- think I know is like they've met in Vietnam and came somehow met up here again in America and like wait wait hold on they met over there yeah and then they and, and then and after the war and everything like everyone trying to they, come they, to America they were here they, they came over here and they recognize each other They're like, I hey I don't know dude and then there was another story my mom recently told where like she came with her family from Chicago they went to from Vietnam to Chicago and then from Chicago to here um and then she met my dad here so i'm like what the heck i'm so confused but um for what it counts like they stick they stuck together for like over 30 years so that's what matters i guess Mm -hmm. there's so many stories people should just tell the truth yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. do they tell you stories about like back in the in the homeland my mom sometimes does but my dad never Mm. he's very like my dad's a very superstitious person to begin with, and he... Whoa, the, the, a lot like, of hardship in yeah, yeah, both and, countries. And I feel like he went through a lot of, like, uh, like post-stress 
Um, PTSD? PTSD, yeah. And so he doesn't really mention anything. Um, yeah, a lot happened, actually. And even two years ago, when I went to Cambodia to visit, well, I did an art program, and then I visited his side of the family for the first time. I didn't even know they existed, and he never talked about it. And, oh, yeah, actually, two years ago, realized that my dad's, like, half Cambodian. I always thought he was just, like, Vietnamese. Um, so I thought that was interesting, like, this whole different side that I discovered that he never shared. And, yeah, all his family members who exist, like, no idea until really? recently. He, ne- he never talked about his siblings? Wow. I only met the one uncle from Georgia, like, this year. Do you feel in some metaphysical way that recycled to his relationship, to your relationship with your brother? <laughs> like, in some weird way? Like- I don't know. We're, like, not a very sharing family, but... It's just there. How, how was it? Way. How was it meeting his, his family and being like, "Oh wow, I have cousins," or like? It was shocking. N- not like I didn't even know what to do. I didn't handle it very well, and it was like only a, like one, one or two days. But anyway, we need to fast forward to uh, March or no April of this year. Let's see. Yeah, April or May of this year, I met his family again. Um, and more of them this time and this time I was able to react and it was complete like lost in translation like Mm. they speak Khmer which is the Cambodian language or Vietnamese and I have no idea because I I grew up learning Chinese from my mom and like school and so it was a complete shocker two years ago I didn't know how to deal with it I didn't even say anything I just took pictures of them and just nodded but then, like, this year... Do you I still really... have those photos? Yeah, I do. And it's in my, my travel diaries. But this year, I think I really took it into, like, heart. Like, wow, this is a whole lang- different language that I don't understand, but I could. And how can I do that? And, like, it's amazing being... In... I just took everything to heart this year and, like, mm. really lived in the moment. And that's when I came back and said, I need to go into linguistics and teaching English and come back. Oh. So yeah, a lot changed this year for that reason. Cause and and you like yeah. to u- utilize art. To, yeah, yeah. To communicate. It helps in so many ways. Um, pictures or or just uh, I o- I often see like words as well. Everything I see is art, but words are a form of art, right? Poetry and everything, like just the way it's written or how it's how it's uh, spoken. Um, the international alphabet, phonetic alphabet. You can learn any language in the world. If you learn that alphabet, you can then speak it and go out to the world and, and communicate with people. And I think it's so amazing. Like, language, yeah. culture, art, they all come together somehow and, like, allow us to be one, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like colors are, are, are universal associating to feelings? Because, you know, like, certain facial expressions are universal in humans. Like, mm-hmm. when someone's smiling, someone's smiling because they're happy. Like, mm-hmm. nobody smiles because they're sad, no matter what culture you're from. Or, like, or there's certain expressions we have in our faces that's universal to yeah. every culture yeah. and every country. Do you feel like color could play a factor? Like, you know, if you want to express a certain mood, hmm. do you think what, what blue is to you is what to another person, another side of the world? It could be completely different. But that's, I think it could be universal in the way where everyone can look at it and think of it as something, but not the same thing. Like, for instance, red here could just represent, it's it's blood, 
It could be murder and crime mystery and everything, right? If you think of it that way. Are you saying that all ginger people are murderers? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but that's just one one perspective of red. Red could be a really happy color of marriage in China or something. I don't know, a red envelope, you know, good luck. Well, for example, let's say you ask me, Jorge, how do you feel today? Yeah. And I give you, or I, I just paint red on the paper. Yeah. What, what would you think is my feeling? Murderous. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm in a murderous feeling right now. It could be like, it could be anything, honestly. Um, And that's why I don't like to interpret it like that way in life. If if we were in therapy, because I think it's very like, uh, I don't know, you would just assume too much. Like, oh, because it's red, it's murder and and fire and anger. But it could just mean that that's what you like. You know, this cup is red in front of us and I like it. And I don't think it's like screams murder. Or, or like, Hori, what makes you, what do you think is funny? And I put, and I, and I pull out, you know, a paper and I just paint green on it. What, what would you determine Dang, from I that? Think, like the first reaction, it was just my common reaction to be like grass and like happiness. I find grass very funny. Yeah. <laughs> grass and, and fun, fun and funny. Um, I think never mind the whole, whether people interpret it the same way. That was also something I presented in a recent presentation using creativity in the classroom for like non-native English speakers. What native speakers and non-native English speakers can have in common is that they can look at a visual and see the same visual, but how they interpret it and comprehend it and tell their narrative could be completely different, but it's one very like strategic tool in the classroom or just in the outdoor world. And that's so amazing. We have so many things in common. like. You know, just in the world, like, we're all human. <laughs> and I think that's that's what leads to, like, I really do believe that we are just one, like, on this planet. We don't live on a different planet. We're all from here. And maybe people like Iwana, our friend, believes in, like, aliens and stuff. So that's a whole different issue. Yeah. So, like, but for at least right now, what I, I'm trying to say yeah. is that we're all one. And we all have something that we can relate to. So, like, I think people should just erase the whole judgment kind of deal and... All that stuff. Well, yeah. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. You didn't have to stop. Come on. Yeah. There's just so much I want to say. Like, just because our family's always believed in, like, equality and everything. And, like, we re- we're, we're pretty liberal, I think. And we support all walks of people in life. And um, it just... It's crazy to me when something is just, like, people are, like, racist or, like, something goes wrong and people are, like, hating each other. It's like, dude... There's other things that you can, like, be happy about, you know? Like, yeah. All right. Stop making everything fire. Stop stop making <laughs> everything fire. Yeah. And then someone's like, hey, fire is a good thing. It replenishes the earth, this and that. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's so many things you can say. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Jane, a pleasure having you here. We've reached the one-hour mark. We, we have? We have. We're there. Wow, just me ranting sorry for anyone who doesn't know what I got nothing to apologize come I on I even said <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, if people want to check out your art or check out your, your latest stuff where can they go they can go to my website janerubywong.com um, same for the Instagram and that's it that's it thanks and, for uh, Merry Christmas Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year maybe we'll see each other before then but if not Happy New Year Happy New Year 2017. Three years to the future. That's 2020, huh? Yeah. So, last question. If you could see yourself back in the past, that first grader, 
What's some advice you'd give her? Um, just know your name and who you are. <laughs> like, I don't think I even knew my name back then. That sounds really silly. Yeah. Like in a fi- figurative way or literally? Probably both. Really? Yeah, I think I needed to stop wanting to be a different name and like just just live who I am and what my name is. Yeah. All right, Jane, thank you for coming. <laughs>